Yo, never did I think we'd be having this conversation, but LeBron might not make the playoffs. And since we last spoke with a guest on our pod, which I'll introduce shortly, I never thought we'd be having this conversation. Like, he was at least sixth in the West last time we had a guest. Yeah. It, it was pretty nuts. He was projected to at least have, like, 48 wins or something like that. 48 wins. It's looking like 48 losses, son. <laughs> 1% chance to make it to the playoffs as an eighth seed. And honestly, I'm very surprised. But before all that, man, I got my boy here, Epic Gully. We're going to keep him as Epic Gully today. But um, he also goes by Kyrie. You know, not the one from New Jersey. Not the one that might be a Nick next year. It's Kyrie from Jamaica here. Facts, facts. Thanks for having me on. Deep Buckets. It's good to have you, bro. So let's get right into it, man. It's looking. I see all the Lakers Twitter. They're all tight. They all wish they had signed Paul George and never LeBron. Like, let's get into it, man. <laughs> Imagine they actually promised Paul George that. You think he wanted to be the number one man? I don't know if it was that so much as he just loved Russ and was like, I don't want to be like second, like basically Robin to LeBron. He is Batman to Russ. Yeah, because Russ is doing everything in his power to make Paul George the MVP, but you look at how LeBron's handled his teammates this season, and it's just like he doesn't give a fuck about them at this point. He tried to trade all of them, and he was very open about it. And it was pretty disrespectful. I don't know if that was the turning point in their season when the full package was released in the media, but there's a lot of turmoil going on in Los Angeles right now, and it looks like you know Luke Walton is doomed to get fired, but... You know, the bigger picture happening in the NBA, too, right now is that the 2003 class is no longer the class to be spoken about anymore. It's going to be a thing of the past. You know, Melo's still on sign. This is Wade's last season. He's on his farewell tour. And we got LeBron here, like, actually not going to, you know, make an impact in May. I can't believe that shit, bro. It's been nine years since he was in the finals. Yeah, pretty much. And like I'm not even yeah I'm not even enjoying watching him play honestly like it's it's really selfish to me I don't know how you guys feel about it. I mean personally I think it it goes back to his lack of faith in the in his teammates at the moment you know the timing of him getting injured and then basically working that clutch sports magic it, yeah. it just looks really bad but you know the thing that was trending this morning Kuzma shoving him into contesting like that Blazers player it's just like. Come on now. You're supposed to be the GOAT. And you shouldn't even, I mean, from Kuzma's point, you shouldn't even be afraid to push LeBron. It looked like he was kind of nervous to get him out there to contest the three. And it's like, bro, that's your teammate to begin with. Like, if he has to make that play, hold him accountable. Don't be afraid because he's the king. Yeah, now LeBron's take on things, I feel like his leadership characteristics could definitely use some work. Uh, He definitely could have... Show more support just throughout it. And kind of been that guy who's like, you know like mentoring the young players as they're going through it but you know we would just see him in the back talking with magic and palinka you know they're just doing the trade it's rude stuff now yeah like if you're injured and your squad is out there and you want them to make a playoff push without you you want them to show you know other teams that they should be afraid to not play lebron to, to play the lakers you know that the whole team is going to give you the work and LeBron's not even on the on the bench sitting next to his guys, giving them, you know, tips and how to get better. And, you know, maybe behind closed doors, there's a lot of things going on um, that we're not aware of. But I, I can't buy it personally because this is the most high pressure moment that you probably have in your job. And that's when, like, the true colors come out. 
not when you know you're chilling back and you have time to process things but how you prepared to process a high intensity moment and we look at braun and it's just like this is how you prepare for a high intensity moment you put down your young guys you publicly you know put things out in the media so that you could force a situation to happen and it just doesn't go your way and i read something earlier on twitter where it said that a 34 year old wade was leading his team to the eastern well or fell just short of leading his team to the eastern conference finals and this is what we're getting out of a 34 year old lebron and not, don't get me wrong i love the guy but we got to question it bro i think it, it goes back to his motivations for signing with the lakers in the first place you know should we be surprised with their roster that this happened i, I saw some people on twitter saying like if you put LeBron on the Suns roster, would they be better than the Lakers right now? And you think about it, Devin Booker and Aiton, and it, that just makes you realize why the Pelicans didn't bite on the trade offer because it's like that roster is just not making any sense right now. I think more than Luke Walton, more than LeBron, you got to look at Magic and Palinka right now as far as why this is going so badly. Like, what were they thinking putting all these non-shooters next to LeBron? Yeah, no, nah, you're you make a good point. And I mean, I remember chopping it up with Epic a couple weeks ago and we were talking about um, the Pelican situation, essentially, and how it wasn't really a good idea to accept the Lakers trade. And you could actually fill me in on this a little bit more if you wanted to. Like they were just stacking positions that they already had offering mm-hmm. seven guys. They weren't offering anything they didn't have to the Lakers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um you talking about in terms of from the Pelicans? Yeah, like, um, all right. So we we talk about the package they were getting. So it's it's a combination of Brandon Ingram, Kuzma, maybe Lonzo, and then um, Lance Stevenson or Michael Beasley at the time, and some picks. Yeah, and some picks. I think they wanted at least four picks in that trade too, with two of them being first round picks. And you're telling me that package isn't enticing enough? But then you look at the roles that uh the new orleans pelicans are already developing and we have players like julius randall already at the four like it doesn't make sense to add a kuzma when you just gave you know you put faith in somebody like randall and then you have drew holiday having a career season like does it make so much sense to bring in lonzo when he's outwardly also saying this is not a good fit for me like you don't have someone that's supportive of your brand as a basketball organization and looking at it you know a month away now it's like wow you know did Dell Demps just deserve to lose his job because maybe the package he was receiving wasn't the best one after all no and I think even if you look back on it now the only thing that looks kind of funny is the discussion of would you rather have Tatum or Ingram because of the way both players have played since bro I mean I love Ingram bro and I'll still preach for Ingram because he's just in a bad situation right now and he was dropping like 30 points, four straight games. What yeah. was it? And no, he was. And then it, it was like seeing him come into his own more. And the thing you also have to bet on is the track record of like Laker players from recent history now on other teams. D-Lo, D-Lo all-star, looking to get you know his money this offseason. Even Zubat recently. like Playing his ass off in the, in the other team in Staples Center. And I think the other thing that's funny about the Lakers in this offseason is they could have had DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, They literally had him that's true. before the Warriors could have. They really? chose They chose to not give him the same—it was for the same money. They decided not to. They didn't re-sign Brooke Lopez for the same they money. Yo, Brooke Lopez, 
the best organization right now in the NBA, I didn't think we'd be saying this either, is the Bucks. Like, that's crazy, bro. They're literally better than the Warriors statistically, on paper, on record. Net rating, right. Yeah, yeah, and we look at the development that Brooke Lopez has put into his game, dog. He's pulling up from deep as fuck. He's crossing other centers up. Like, I was not expecting this. And we got to give him some credit for playing some decent defense. No, and it, it, it would have just been the perfect fit for LeBron. I know, bro. And it's just like, you look at that and you're just like... <laughs> You, you know, got JaVale. How are you sport no like the he what do you think about the talks that LeBron's on his like last legs, that this is like the sign of his decline? Because numbers wise it's not, but I've seen like different people saying like it, it's kind of looking like this is the start of like him like showing his age. Uh I don't know. Cause I don't think it's him showing his age. I think you made an excellent point and we never really expanded on it last week when you said, you know. He's he has some A and R work that's probably got him exhausted, and on top of that work, all the media work he has going on, all the film work and talk that he's probably having at tire, you know, uh, at a tiresome rate about um Space Jam too. Like he's probably stressed himself about other endeavors. Like he has bigger bills on his mind, and this is just one of his streams of income. You think you think it's the wine from being on the shop so much? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> He walks in the arena with wine. It's yeah. like it's like funny seeing it's this. Probably table his run. first season playing lit, right? Like he's <laughs> just such a, a clean cut NBA player. Like what a, what you're supposed to be that he finally got a taste of what it's like to be in the biggest um, organization, and that comes with you know the party and the lifestyle that Jr. said it himself. Like he yeah. wasn't going out when they won the chip. I think the biggest thing is, like, a lot of people were talking this offseason about, like, the infrastructure you need to have for LeBron. So, like, where he saw his most success was with Miami. And that's why Wade is still performing. Like, to your point about Wade at this age, is Pat Riley and Spolstra just building that infrastructure and Wade trusting in it. And LeBron had to as well. You know, the story of him coming in midseason, his first season as a Heat player, going to Pat Riley and being like, you got to get rid of Spolstra, and Pat being like, nah. It's like, would Magic do the same? Like, you have to think about, like, that kind of infrastructure and culture and, like... I didn't know that, actually. It came out this year that um, that's what happened. Uh, With Pat Riley's book, he mentioned that. And that he basically told him, like, to fuck off, basically. That, like, this is the culture. He's supposed to be their guy. And it worked out. And it's, like, you need that kind of infrastructure for things to happen. Because you see in Cleveland, even it's, like, they mortgage their future trying to get guys like Mozgov and Korver in to make LeBron happy, but... You need that GM who's going to put his foot down. And I think with L.A. right now, you're just seeing Magic kind of have a hands-off approach to the rumors that go on. And that's why everything that's happening with their chemistry is happening. And it's like two agents going back and forth. I didn't even think about that. Palenka and Rich Paul just, you know, it's all money talk at this point. It doesn't even matter what chemistry is there. It's like. I feel like they're playing 2K on season mode and not my GM. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're not really thinking about the chemistry that's going on. They're putting every single thing through the trade finder and, like, seeing the best option they could get and how they could flip that forward and how that benefits LeBron. And it's sad. What do you What do you guys think right now of, like, even if the Lakers, let's say the Lakers pull it off and they make the playoffs, their chances against, like, the first seed. Like, I think it's the Warriors right now. They're like, done. You yeah, think it's clipped? I don't think they're making it out. There's no way. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting to see where their future is headed because they have this offseason with the max slot. But if they strike out again, can LeBron wait more? 
I mean, I think he doesn't have a trade clause on his contract too. So do the magic do something? Do the does the Buzz family step in and go, hey, like this is absurd. We paid the man 154 million and he's not doing what Kobe did. I don't think they would risk that. Because you piss off the LeBron. Publicity? You piss off LeBron, that's gonna send a message to every star. But also they could be looking at it as Look at all the backlash we're getting from our devoted fans on signing this guy. And do they like our fan? Do our fans want us to grow this young core? Do we stay committed? And that's also a good way to go out. I mean, hey, LeBron didn't work out. We worked with him to facilitate a trade wherever he wanted. But at the end of the day, we thought it was a priority to keep the people we drafted because they created an awesome culture in LA. Like, but fans could buy that. They could, and I think they probably would if you sell them on the idea that, you know, we're going to develop the talent and have a rebuild. But at the same time, they've been doing that for a while. That's true. Ever since, you know. They could change it up for once. You know, the things are changing in this world. The Knicks, for once, are looking like a team that might be good. So maybe the Lakers stick to a young rebuild for once. That would be the smart thing to do. But right now, it's looking like the smart team in L.A. is the Clippers. And that's that's why things are in jeopardy for... I'm on Pat Bev Island, man. (laughs) (laughs) This current situation. But, you know, going to, like, the other side of the table with the 0-3 draft and, like, really looking at us relatively smart team the heat you know they wade is still putting them in, in opportunities to win games that to buzzer beater against the warriors like that's just magical that that's happening on his last run because you know you contrast Probably prime baby you look at like you know Don't compared to dirk it. or something like that like you know wade's still putting up the shots granted there's the age difference but like still it's mm-hmm. impressive to see the impact he still has dirk is literally in dallas just to spread that wisdom for kp and luca it's like they they were like yo dirk i promise we're gonna make you want to stay another year because there's yeah there's no reason for dirk to be on the court right now mans can't even run back on defense he's just celebrating his step back whenever he makes it but wade is actually getting out there and winning games and meaningful games to say the least, that shit blows my mind, bro. Father Prime, baby. <laughs> MIP. <laughs> it's that Miami nah, I'm life. kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah, you know what's funny, bro? I have a theory. Really, you know, off, out, out, far, far-fetched. But, yo, I could totally see Mellow. I think the last person we have to talk about in this 03 class. Or oh, there's a surprise guy. We're going to see him in the playoffs. You yeah. know, it was... None of the three guys we're we, we, we talking about now, but um, but Melo, what if he signs with Miami, bro? What if they just they're the underdogs in the Eastern Conference Finals? They're what the Warriors once were when they had Baron Davis and what's his name oh, as like a late Stephen seed. Jackson, and yeah, all that, yeah, and they just had a late you know career run. I just think they don't it, win it all, but you know they get close. It's a different type of infrastructure because of their young talent isn't ex- as explosive. As that Warriors team, but it's interesting because it's the East, so but you it's, never know. It's the modern day of what that is. We had people dunking in, in what was it, 08, 09. Now people are pulling up from three. And what if we get Olympic mellow in the playoffs? Like, come on, who could fight that? I mean, it, it'd definitely be a great team for him to be on. Like, their fitness and all that is, is out of this world. So he'd fit in well, but it's funny because, you know, going off of the Lakers stuff, Melo declined to sign with them. That's that, that came out as recent as what, today? It was like last... Last like yesterday afternoon, so Sunday. That's crazy to me, but I also don't blame him. I mean, what do you think is going to be a good fit for him ultimately? That's that's where it's tough because I don't see a team where he's guaranteed minutes. The thing for me is that he should be on a playoff team. 
One one team that, you know, strikes me as interesting is the Warriors because they could just continue to build off, you know, incredible names on their roster and they can unlock an Olympic mellow like, yo, run as like play as hard as you can for 15 to 18 minutes a night. All we're expecting is seven threes from you. <laughs> I mean, if they're going to leave him open, if Katie, Steph, Clay are all on the court. I, I think so, too. I think another team that'd be interesting for him is Boston. Boston. You like Boston? I think I don't like Boston. I think they could well actually that might make the chemistry stuff worse. There's there, so but many like, forwards there from Marcus Morris, right? Yeah. One Marcus, of the Morris it's, brothers. It's Marcus, Tatum, Hayward and all that, but and Ojale, Brown, I guess. Brown. Yeah. But I I think either there or like Philly as far as the East would be interesting for him. I I just think it's like you mentioned, like have him in a bench role where he's just his job is to hit those open threes that he'd get. He's not the sixth man quite yeah, maybe the seventh man. Pro- maybe even lower, depending on the team. But my if he thing goes is, to the Heat, though, he could start. I don't know where he's at talent-wise right now, because the whole Rocket situation this season was so weird. It was weird to me because I felt like it was just time for the Rockets to commit to Capella there, to commit to a Harden. Like you can't have a Harden type player with with him. Like it doesn't work with Melo. Harden's taking like seventy percent of the shots. Yeah, and then it's like their switch defense like also gets weird with that. But I just thought he would fit in well in like spot up scenarios. But he fits in well in the after party scene, <laughs> the CP three Harden. I don't know, man. I I just yeah I hate to see it. You know, just as a mellow fan in general, I I really think he could do like stuff like what Jamal Crawford is able to do, what like a lot of these veterans do, coming off of the bench for these young teams and just. Being clutch, like I think he'd be great at it, and I, I I hope he signs with a team either for this playoffs or next off season. He has to sign for this playoffs. So how many games are left till somebody's eligible, or at least a date? Is it coming it's, soon? It's until March tenth. So, if I'm correct, that should be probably like Less this Saturday, week, this Saturday or something like where that. Where do you think he should go? I think he should go back to the Nuggets. To be honest, go back to where it all started. That's actually I actually like that. I mean. Why do you say that, though? Yeah, think, nah, where does he fit in? I mean, they really don't have a superstar there right now. The Nuggets are, what, number one in the West right now? I think they're the second seed. Second seed? Oh, yeah, yeah, behind the Warriors, the Warriors. of course. Yeah, yeah, they were number one about a couple of weeks ago. But, um, yeah, they don't have a superstar as a small forward right now. Or he can come off the bench if they don't want to mess up the chemistry they already have set up. I feel like he would just gel well with a team that he already has history with. Facts. Definitely a former superstar. But I think the history <laughs> from the city. The history there is weird though. It's yeah, not it's not no pleasant more, history. There's no more George. Melo doesn't really have pleasant history for his of the teams he's been on, but I feel like he could still be an asset there nonetheless. I think they right now they'd be nervous to do that because their bench unit right now is kind of performing poorly. Ever since they added Isaiah Thomas to the rotation, they're like the stats behind it are pretty bad. Um and they're still trying to figure that out. I just feel like they wouldn't play him. For me, it's like the start of the redemption tour, you know, for Melo himself. And then for the Nuggets, they see it as an opportunity for someone to revive his career. Like, you need a proven scorer in the playoffs. Can't rely on Jokic to get you all those buckets. Because, like, Jamal Murray, like, he's still really young. 
Um, yeah, they have a lot of young, small dudes. I feel like Melo's a big threat. He can play a small forward, the power forward. And but he definitely has to play in a limited minute capacity. Like, I don't think Melo could be effective for a long run or a long string of games, but those it impact work out for him moments. Coming, coming in towards the end of the season, you know, towards the playoffs, that would work out great for him only playing that amount of minutes. What if they just build, like, an under, undershirt that has a hoodie? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I think the hoodie Melo stuff is, is crazy now. <laughs> seeing where he's at but part of me like has this far-fetched theory that the redemption story for him is going to happen next season and like it's like in a scenario where like the Knicks are actually good again they're just I would like love to see that. I, I, I that, that that's like some fanboy stuff for a me backup but like power forward and I'll definitely accept him I, as our six man. I think it'd be cool like if you imagine a scenario where he's with Katie and Kyrie both people he definitely messes with and is cool with from the Olympics and all that like he would. I could picture that really well. While like the other teams, it just feels like a weird fit. Like seeing him in OKC in Houston, he just didn't look that happy. Like he missed like not even just because of his performance. It was just something off. I guess the way I gotta take that is that the Warriors make even more sense for him now because KD's pretty much committed. Now nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would love for that to be a thing, certainly. But yeah, like that would be awesome. But I I think. You know, Golden State does make more sense for him then because Golden State is just that world-class organization that probably knows KD is leaving. And so they want to complement him with players that he potentially wants to play with. And then maybe more players want to sign with the Warriors for doing some dope shit like that. I mean, if they can make, like, Nick Young work and all that, I don't see why you can't have Melo in that role. You know, that shit was literally looming in my mind this whole conversation. That if mm. Nick Young could work, why couldn't Melo? Yeah, I, I just think it would work. Man, he shouldn't be unemployed right now. I, actually, a funny team for him too would have been if he had sta- if the the Hawks hadn't waived him. Imagine him and Trey Young just chucking with all Vince. The, yeah, it would have been it would have been something to see. I mean, Vince managed to turn back the clock, so there's something that that staff has. You know, some special sauce for Melo to turn the clock back. I don't know. I think in that kind of offensive, like I think I think it really depends on what shape he's in, and then. What's his mentality with it? Is he going to, like, still do the ISO post-ups, or is it going to be, like, Olympic mellow? And and that's what his whole career has boiled down to since then, is, like, people fiending for Olympic mellow and getting, like, a different thing. It's just unfortunate that we can't have a conversation of how effective these guys could be in the playoffs this season. No, and with LeBron, it's just, like, it's kind of scary to think about. Yeah. Just the idea that, like, his team not only isn't going to be back in the finals, but just out of it. Like, I feel like he's going to be hilarious on social media. Especially this offseason. Maybe gonna, he's lit the whole time. He's going like, to have I'm petty tweets again. The, the LeBron, bald LeBron coming back? He's going to call the media broke again. <laughs> he's going to be like, at the end of the day, I'm still rich. Like, <laughs> I would hate that. Honestly, <laughs> that that's be- so disrespectful because... He talks all this shit about how the media makes people like makes athletes look bad. But when you like talk bad on the media and then talk bad on people through the media, it's like, come on, dog. Like what they do to you, you're doing to us. And we're just fans like that's fucked up. It it was just a funny time for him. He was figuring out that whole villain thing. He was still going through puberty, man. He never had the time to really process things because he was just always this great NBA star. Well, he's always been on on point, you know, character wise. And that's, that's true. You know, that's and something. we definitely have to respect that. Yeah, you can never take that against LeBron. But, like, I don't know. That's just how he's built. But, like, it's going to be ugly if, if he doesn't make the playoffs. Like, he's going to be tweeting all types of shit. And then 
the one guy that remains the probably certainly going to make the playoffs 03 draft class legend played alongside lebron at one point my man kyle true and tried legendary shooting guard yes kyle corver bro do you think he can make an impact for the Jazz this playoffs? Do they even have a chance? Because, yo, it's not only that the Lakers are bad, it's that the West is really good. I think I think it's quiet for the Jazz right now. I think... Sorry, Kyle. Even the game last night on, on Monday, like, the fact that, you know, it's in clutch situations, you know it's just going to Donovan Mitchell. No one else on the team is really creating anything that's like... Not easy to like guard at so this So you're point. telling me you don't believe in Joe Inglis? Joe Ingles is fire. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but you get figured out at some point in the league. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Donovan Mitchell. It's like they figured him out definitely early in the season. And if if your one bet is like your sophomore player, it, it's gonna be slow for you, regardless of how good your defense is. It's just all across the board in the NBA, defense is irrelevant at this point. Like, you know how I many NBA games just go over the point total that like people are betting on. It's disgusting to me though, son. It's disgusting to me. I mean, this isn't a time to bet though. This it's legal it. for the most outrageous type of NBA games we're we're seeing in our life. Outrageous. It's just funny to me, bro. It's like they like the amount of threes, and I I don't think the Jazz aren't a team that's really a good three point shooting team outside of yeah, Ingles and Corver. They're definitely not. So it, it's just not going to work out for them against whoever they play. They're just Any record, though, let's give Corver some type of fucking credit for making the play. Like, does he break a three-point record? How close is he? Very far, right? I don't I don't think he's so this, all that this close. Slow for him. And, like, any record he could be coming at, Steph's coming even Best quicker. Best playoff here. Mate, nah. Steph can't come for that. I'm, I'm trying to think. They're definitely, there's probably, on, like, bro, the Justin Bieber Steven bang, Adams. Dog. Steven Adams here. That's close. Close second. Boban. No, it's slow for him. His whole body is like uh, something we got to analyze. In but, you know, time. we, we got to say shout out to Kyle Korver for, for being one of the few players from the 03 draft being out here. He's still making an impact, though. Like, the Jazz definitely appreciate the shooting he brings. I just have one more question, then. If, if it's not about the OT class, man, we're going to have a new... You know, a new generation of kids coming in and watching basketball. And no longer are they going to be talking about how LeBron reigned king in the East and, you know, had a three and nine or what a three, not three and nine, might probably end that way. Um, three and six finals record. My man created a whole, you know, following of the three six mafia. And they'll never know him as like the guy who was able to be a villain in miami and truly re re what's the word rebrand not rebrand um save his image going back home you you really think that that's what this lakers thing is gonna do to his not this one lakers thing i'm talking about where he is at this point of his career we have a new generation of kids coming in and my final question really is like who's the next class these kids are going to be talking about because it's not oh three we're seeing the end of it um, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's gonna go away though, because that still that legacy is gonna be there. The Le- legacy, and of course, the same way we talk about the '84 draft. But I'm talking about the class that reigns supreme in the NBA. Well, it it's kind of tough to say because they're. You look at the elite crop of players; they're not really from the same draft like that. Like KD, who else from his draft class is like 
lived up to that. The same with, like, Steph, like, the other second-best player from his draft, I think, is, like, DeMar DeRozan. So it's, like, same with, like, like Kawhi's draft. Like, I don't think it— has to be a three. I don't think it says Kawhi's draft is Giannis, is it? Or did Giannis and him get picked the same? Was that what it was? I'm not sure. Let me check that up right now. But I don't believe they were in the same draft. But let's see, 2013? No, it wasn't. That that draft had um Hold up. Let's throw some candidates out there though. We got the 2015 class. We got KP, D'Lo, and Cat. And we'll still be talking about Jaleel Okafor as a way more effective top 4 than um what's his name? The guy who got taken over Melo was Oh, Darko? Yeah. <laughs> but no one in that draft is is taking the same class as like Bosch or Melo even. We would hope Cap someday could. Because, like, the 2013 draft, right, with um, Giannis, the second-best player there is Oladipo. And then it falls off pretty badly. And then you look at 2012, Anthony Davis. It's really just him, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, and Drummond. That doesn't have the same ring as, like, the 03 draft class. Do you think this upcoming draft might have some kind of ring like that? I feel like it's the perfect timing. If the O three class is coming to an end and we're like finding that class, maybe you're right, bro. Because I look at the type of talent coming out this draft, and I mean, we're pretty much vomiting what everyone else is saying. Zion is fucking Zion. There's no other way to say it. Right. Like this man literally obliterated a, a PG two. Like, how do you blow through a sneaker like that? You're just like you're that powerful. You're two eighty five and eighteen. Gain like 60 pounds over a year, you're a myth. Yeah. Uh, I look at what's his. Oh, fuck. RJ Barrett, bro. I love RJ Barrett. I look at his game, I think he, he's an excellent player and he gets compared to Luka Doncic. And I mean, Luka Doncic is going to be an impact, yeah, impact player for years to come. And then to round that three out, we have a Jean Morant, you know, this speedy, uber athletic point guard. Like, is he Kyrie Irving with hops? And maybe I'm gassing him, but maybe even somebody like De'Aaron Fox and another guard we're going to be talking about for years to come. And like rounding that four out, you got someone like Cam Reddish or if you want to throw Nazir Little in there. Like, there's some pretty good dudes and names. I feel like names play a big role in superstardom. You don't get LeBron carmelo and Dwayne every year you're not gonna get a zion rj and ja every year like i think this last draft if it's not the next i think this last draft class has a huge chance too so you look at the way like bagley ayton bagley rounded out well before the injury and ayton he locked down Giannis kind of this past <laughs> game they had it with the bucks they the i've Suns, seen a couple yo teams are figuring Giannis out slowly and then um i like wendell carter jr trey young He's out bro. of his mind right now. I didn't, I, yo, honestly, I gotta apologize on air live because same. Yeah, dog, I did not see that this trade. coming, dog. We, we killed that trade, and I think <laughs> we spent most of our early episodes killing that trade. Anytime yeah. we talked about this class, but th- just think about Luca and Trey. That's a pretty impressive crop, and then with all the big men they have that could pan out, I, I think this last and draft Knox, class. Baby. Don't sleep on that Knicks pick. Oh, and we got the best. I don't feel too good about Knox anymore, but Mitchell Robinson. We got the best trio out, though. We got Trier. We got Robinson. We got Knox out this draft. What makes you uncertain about Knox? I don't like his numbers around the rim. It's like every game I see him make a move towards the basket, and it's just, like, awkward. I think hopefully this offseason he can work on that, but it's a huge part. 
But then looking at the rest of this draft, though, Michael Porter Jr., who hasn't played yet. He dunked on IT this morning. Is it, you know, is he is he going to also make the way we change, we look at this draft change? There's a lot of, I like this, this past draft a lot. I think there's a lot of potential. I really like Shea Gilders Alexander. I love I, him, bro. I think. I love him. I think this draft <laughs> class is going to be one. Hami, baby. Like, yo. Hami. Queens. Queens <laughs> get the fucking money, bro. Brooklyn needs to go out and give him the bag this offseason, too. Bring him home so he could really give himself a story. So I, I think when you look at that, I, I would bet on this draft. It's a good draft. I guess this draft's just going to have to go at it with the next draft, but just know that it's up for grabs because 3 is ass officially. No, you look at the 3 draft, I saw looking at it, it's like James Jones, he's a GM now. Luke Wallen, he's coaching the Lakers. It's like funny to look at like yeah, how washed that draft class is now in comparison. It's but unfortunate. It's, it's, it's been 16 years. And I, I will say off the court, they've built – you know, an awesome reputation, too. I mean, Melo was one of the first people to outwardly be supportive of, like, the community that he was coming from and really giving back in ways that other NBA players weren't, which made him a people's champ. And we have Dwayne Wade, who, you know, carved his own way in, like, fashion as an NBA player and the kind of icon he's become to open the doors for players like James Harden and LeBron, just all-around greatness. No, and even their significance to the Redeem team. Yeah, in 08. Redeem but team, baby. They, that was a big part of what USA Basketball is today. And, and look, the cult, like the country. You look at Bosch, too. It's like every center is trying to be like Bosch. Yeah. And you think about his skill set. He started it. He, if Bosch didn't have, you know, the unfortunate health situation he did, he, he would have been beasting in this kind of NBA climate with That's the three pointers and defense he would have played. Like, Forget about it. All these bigs are like... We would be talking about Miami in a different yeah, light right now. Absolutely. And that that's like a testament to the draft class. It's like the impact they've had. You know, Ben Simmons, you don't have that without LeBron. That's true. Tatum, all of his comparisons well, with Melo. Well, you could. You got a magic, you know. These people influence you these do, type of players, like, too. You do, but it's like you have to imagine that he was looking up to LeBron tape. And that was the stuff that he was like rolling with, you know. There's just no question about it. I definitely agree with you. I mean, I will I will say like the last thing I want to say is that yeah, these this I agree with you and I guess the last thing I want to say is that while the O3 class might be washed on the court that every other class has a big class to live up, up to off the court. That's true. In some Yeah, in some regard, yeah. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Give us a like on the gram, a follow on the gram, you know, listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, hopefully soon. We don't really like to do this because we just, you know, want to have you guys in our conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Epic, for pulling up today. Um, it was great having you on. And yo, my bro, as always, Amari, great show. Episode 14 in the books. 